And I want to welcome you to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Spotify and Anchor FM and the other platforms that we uh, broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. I tell you, it is so great. I am so grateful to have you tuned in. And, you know, we have uh, listeners tuning in all around the world, all, all over all over America. People are listening and in countries around the world. We have listeners in the Philippines. We have... Uh, listeners in Jamaica, we have listeners in Israel, the land of the Bible. We have listeners in Africa. And so I thank God for all the different listeners we have tuning in to this uh, broadcast. Now, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at the last half of the last chapter of Revelation. I think there's some good stuff for us today in that last half of the last chapter of Revelation. Now one thing I like about the book of Revelation in general, you know, with that being the last book of the New Testament, which is also the last book of the Bible, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, I have people tell me whenever they read a book, they like to read the last chapter first uh, and see how everything's going to turn out. And then that way they don't worry so much when they see problems come up in the course of the book and you know as we read as Christians the last chapter in Revelation especially the last half of the last chapter in Revelation we become aware of the fact that in the end everything is going to work out okay you know yeah in this life we're gonna have some problems we're gonna have some difficulties some trials and tribulations but in the end everything is going to work out fine that is, for those of us who are saved, for those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Now, of course, for those that are not believers, it's a whole different ballgame. It's not going to be so great for them. And we'll see that in just a few moments. But first, I do want us to go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask His blessings upon this broadcast. Dear Lord, I just want to come to you right now in this broadcast. I want to pray that your hand will be upon me. Lord, help me to say everything you want me to say. Lord, help me not to say anything you don't want me to say. And Lord, I just want to give you praise, honor, and glory for everything that takes place as a part of this broadcast. I thank you in advance for people that I know are going to get saved and come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I thank you so much, God, for Christians that are going to rededicate their lives to the Lord. There might be some people out there this morning or whenever people are tuning in and they realize, hey, I'm not the person I need to be for God. It's never too late to get things right with the Lord. And God, we also want to pray for all the different issues people are having to deal with. We have listeners who are dealing with sickness and financial hardship, famine, all kinds of problems. But Lord, we know there's no problem too big for you to tackle. And now Lord, be with me as I teach your word. Prepare the hearts of people to listen and to hear what's going to be said. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Okay, now I want you to turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 22, starting with verse 12. Revelation chapter 22, starting with verse 12. And this is where Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. Behold, I am coming soon. Now, let's stop there for a moment. Jesus is coming soon. Now, we don't know when exactly, but we know he's coming soon. The Bible says the second coming of Christ, called the rapture, it could take place at any moment. It could take place today. It could take place tomorrow. Now, the important thing here is not when is Christ coming back, but it's the fact that he is coming back, and we need to be ready. And Jesus says, my reward is with me. Now, like I said a while ago, for those of us who are Christians, when the rapture takes place, it's going to be the greatest of times. It's going to be the greatest of times. But for those who are not Christians, it's not going to be a good time. It's going to be a terrible time because they'll be left behind. He says, my reward is with me to give each one according to what he has done. Now here, the idea is that we Christians are going to be judged for our stewardship. Now you're not going to be judged as to whether or not you know Christ as Savior because if you're a Christian, that's already been settled. That was settled at the cross. But you see, we as Christians, even though we're not saved by works, works comes into the picture once we are saved. Because we want to do things for God because of the fact that we love God and we belong to God. You know, that's just the way it is, you know. <laughs> I preach the gospel because I love God. And I want to do all I can to tell a lost and dying world about Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done for me. I try to live a life that is pleasing to God. Not because living that clean life is going to save me. That's already been settled if you're a Christian. I want to live a clean life because that brings honor and glory to God. And it becomes a shining light through which others can see Christ through me. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now, it's interesting he uses the analogy here, the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha is the beginning letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last. And so Jesus says, I am the first, the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. Now, when he talks about washing their robes, that means, of course, we as Christians have to be willing to live like Christians. We have to confess our sins. And, and you know, even after you become a Christian, you know, we still sometimes sin. And the reason we sometimes sin is because of the fact that even though we got saved in some cases years ago, our sin nature remained. Our sin nature remains, and we still have to do battle with that sin nature. That's something that you and I still have to deal with, the sin nature. 
And then Jesus says, so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by its gates. Now, once again, this is not to imply that doing good works or living a clean life is going to save you because, you see, we're saved by grace through faith. But once you are a Christian, once you do know Christ as Savior, then, of course, works enters into the picture. We want to live for God, not to be saved, but because we are saved. But then he says in verse 15, But outside are dogs, the sorcerers. Now, sorcerers, back in the biblical times, they were the drug dealers of that day. The sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. You see, people who engage in an immoral, sinful lifestyle, you won't expect to find those people up in heaven. <laughs> I've said many times in my sermons down through the years, I said, you know, uh, one thing that's going to amaze us when we get to heaven are the people who we didn't think were going to be there that are there and the people that are there that we didn't think would be there. <laughs> you know, I am so glad that God did not call me to be a judge. I don't judge anybody for any reason. Because I let God take care of that. And of course, when you think about it, God is the only one that can judge righteously. Because you see, when God judges us, he's not looking at our actions alone, but he's looking at the heart. Then Jesus says in verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Now, of course, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that um, the Messiah, Jesus, would come through the line of King David. And that's why it's important for Jesus to point out here, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come, let, us, let the one who hears come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and the one who desires the water of life drink freely. And then we get down to verse 18. And here Jesus says something about the importance of rightly dividing the word of truth. He says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of prophecy in this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to them the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of prophecy, God will take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city which are described in this book. Now, I want to point out that my duty and responsibility as a preacher of the gospel, as an ordained minister, as a Bible teacher, my responsibility is to correctly teach the word of God. The Bible calls it rightly dividing the word of God. Now, by the way, that's why I tell young seminary students and Bible college students, it's good to take your studies seriously because, you see, 
you can't correctly teach the Bible if you don't know the Bible. Amen. Amen. And the Bible indicates here that if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share from the tree of life and the holy city which are described in this book. Now, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is my duty and responsibility to correctly teach the Word of God. And I mean by that the whole entire Word of God. I don't add to it. I don't take anything away from it. Whenever I'm presenting a sermon, for example, I have to distinguish between that which are my own thoughts, which I do from time to time, and that which the Word of God clearly, emphatically teaches. Verse 20, we read, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Once again, Jesus giving us a reminder that he is coming soon. Now, the emphasis here is not on when Jesus is coming back. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. The Bible lets me know that I'm not to be a date setter. I am not to be a date setter, but rather I am to simply make it a point to let people know that one of these days, very soon, Jesus is coming back to this earth. Prophetically speaking, the next great event is going to be called the rapture of the church. And basically, this is when the Christian people of the world are taken up out of this world in an event called the rapture. And this is going to be an exciting time. The rapture of the church. It's going to be an exciting time. At least for those of us who are Christians. Now it's not going to be so, so exciting like I say for those that are left behind. For those that are left behind it's going to be a terrible time. Because frankly if you've heard the gospel prior to the rapture. I do not believe that God will give you any opportunities after the rapture to get saved and come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And that's why I always tell people, today is the day that you need to get saved. Today is the day that you need to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Because you see, tomorrow is going to be too late. I know it's easy. The devil's going to tell you, ah, don't worry about this getting saved thing. You can always do it tomorrow. You can always do it next week. And I say, oh, no, you can't. Because you see, today might be the day that Jesus Christ comes back to this earth. And that's why you need to make that decision for God today. Don't put it off. Do it today. Because Christ is coming back. And then notice something else here, something worth noting. It says here in Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, the very last verse of the Bible, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. <laughs> you know, the grace of God is with you, even though Christ isn't coming yet or hasn't come yet. He is with us even now. Jesus can be with you and I today 
just like he was 2,000 years ago with those first disciples. Jesus is with us. I remember years ago when I went away to school. This was back in uh, August of 1974. I remember being very saddened that I was leaving home. And I knew it would be several months before I would be back. And uh, so it was a very hard time for me. When I got down to college, my first few months there, I was horribly homesick. But then I had a professor share something with me that meant the world to me. He said, I want you guys to know. And he said, I know some of you come here to this seminary from all over the country. But he said, I want you guys to know that the same God that you loved and served back home, hey, he's here with you in New Orleans. Amen. Praise the Lord. When I went away to college in Hattiesburg, Mississippi in August of 74, God let me know, hey, I am with you in Hattiesburg just like I was with you in Greenville, South Carolina. And it also means that whatever you're going through right now, as I know, some of you are going through some horrible times. But the Bible tells me that God is with you in the hard times just like he's with you in the good times. Whenever you're facing trials and tribulations, you don't have to face those trials and tribulations alone. God is with you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And that brings us to the end of the book of Revelation, which basically brings us an end to the Bible. Um, and it's very exciting to look at the last chapter, the last few verses of the Bible, and realize that we, as Christians, we're on the winning team. <laughs> you know, everybody loves to be on the winning team. Nobody loves to be on the losing team. But the Bible tells us, we as Christians, we are going to be on the winning team if we just believe in the Lord. And like I say, that brings us to the end of the book of Revelation. Now, um, I want us to know that um, we need as Christians to pray for each other. We need to love each other. You know, there's that old spiritual song that says and they'll know we are Christians by our love by our love yes they'll know we are Christians by our love and yes they really will know that we're Christians by our love so we need to love each other we need to pray for each other and that's why I say if you've got any prayer requests you can send those prayer requests to Warren Landis at yahoo.com warrenlandis at yahoo.com or you could send them to warrenlandis at gmail.com either way I'll get your prayer requests or if you have a question about the Bible I'll pray with you I'll answer your Bible questions and if you give me permission I'll share your prayer request with our unseen unnumbered radio audience and I know that they too will be glad to pray for you and, and I imagine it would be comforting to you to know that Christians all over America, Christians all over the world are praying for you and whatever you're going through. And then if you would like to send me a snail mail address, 
The snail mail address is Warren Landis, that's W-A-R-R-E-N-L-A-N-D-I-S, 402 West Main Street, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. That's Warren Landis, 402 West Main Street, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. And before you seal the envelope, pray about whether or not the Lord would have you send a financial contribution to this ministry. I would love for this ministry to expand. You know, I go to bed at night sometimes, and I think about all the things that I would like to do through this ministry. Obviously, right now, the big thing is our internet ministry. But I would love for us to be able to buy time on radio stations and TV stations. And, and uh, I would love to be able to hold crusades in different parts of the country. Or perhaps even come to your church to do a revival or Bible conference. But of course, all of these things take money. It takes a lot of money to do these things. And that would be the only reason that I ask you to consider making a financial contribution to this ministry. I might add, I don't receive any salary. I don't receive any paycheck for doing this program. I do it simply because of the love that I have for God. And frankly, the love that I have for you also as our listeners. So I hope that you'll do whatever the Lord uh, lays on your heart. And now we want to take a look at some prayer requests that have been shared with me. We have a, a child in North Carolina that is sick. Uh, the parents are not sure whether this is COVID or not, but they want to have us pray for this child. We have a person that's undergoing cataract surgery tomorrow and they want us to pray and I might add that that's a wonderful decision to have cataracts removed. I had that done earlier this year. I had a cataract in each eye and, and they removed it and I thank God for it. It's amazing how much better I see since that cataract surgery but we do want to pray for this person. Um, my eye doctor told me one time, he said, you know, cataract surgery, it's the safest surgery in the world, but yet there are risks. And he took time to share with me what those risks were. And I appreciated that. That way I could make an informed decision. But it was the best decision I ever had. <laughs> Amen. Here's a young ministerial student wanting us to pray over their schoolwork. They point out the schoolwork is harder than they ever thought, and I can agree with that. You know, uh, when I first went away to college, I, I thought to myself, I said, you know, this is going to be like a Sunday school class all throughout the school year. I learned differently. <laughs> it's hard. It's tough. But God got me through it. Amen. Some people graduate magnum cum laude. I graduated, thank the Lordy, but I am glad. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it is so great to pray for these prayer requests. And here's a, another couple 
telling us that they're going through some financial difficulties. Here's a lady who feels like she's about to lose everything. We want to remember that. And then over here we have a man wanting us to pray that his teeth will stop hurting. Um, once again, God is the great physician. God heals people today just like he did 2,000 years ago. I'm not one of these people who believes that healing is for the Old Testament or the New Testament, but not for our day. I believe God still heals people in our day as well. Well, let's take these prayer requests and once again go to God in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, you know what these prayer requests are. You know the people behind these prayer requests. And Lord, we know that with you nothing is impossible. Lord, we know that all things are possible with you. We also know, Lord, that no thing is too little for you. You could take care of any problem or any need we have, no matter how big it is or how little it is. And so, Lord, we pray that you will take care of each of these situations according to your will. And God, I want to pray right now for churches all across America and for churches in every country around the world that you will be with the pastors of these churches, that you will give them the grace and the leading of your spirit, Lord. Lord, I pray for churches right now that are looking for pastors who are looking for someone to fill the pulpit. And now, Lord, we thank you for all you've done and all you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I tell you, it's been good once again to visit with you by way of the Internet. But don't fret none. I'll be back again next time with the message from the Word of God here on Sunshine USA.